And we're back uh, for our faithful, loyal listeners that have been out there. It has been a while. Um, we could get up here and postulate about a bunch of excuses, but truth is uh, both of us got stupid busy and uh, some things fell by the wayside. And one of them is this podcast. But uh, as we get to uh, to year end and are uh, looking at reasons why we're thankful, one of the things we're thankful for, obviously, is is both of you that are out there listening, or I think that we've, I think we've identified legitimate people that are beyond both of our mothers um, that are listening to this podcast. Uh, but for those of you that's been a while, um, this is the Mike and Mike Bible Podcast, where Michael Ray and myself uh, banner back and forth. Basically, what we've done when we started this whole thing is these are our conversations we have in the car when we're debating different things and studying Bible topics, and we thought we'd invite you all into the crazy. Uh, we enjoy it. We have a bunch of fun with it. And uh, we're thankful that, that other people have done that, too. Uh, several of you reached out to us and with very kind, very encouraging words. So uh, we thought we'd uh, sit down tonight and talk about being thankful and being thankful for you. Uh, Michael, how was uh, how was your gluttony holiday? You know, it was it was great. I, I should I should add that, you know, our, our wives are very grateful that we have this space where they are not included, that we can have these conversations. I think that is what they're most thankful for, is that they're not in the car uh, while that conversation is happening, as you discussed. But, yeah, I, I, I'm, uh, you know, I don't know if Thanksgiving resolutions are a thing, but I've got a, I got a Thanksgiving revolution that, that I'm going to do more of this. I'm thankful uh, thankful for this friendship and, and the opportunity to, to spew this stuff. And so if it, if it benefits anyone, it's a blessing, but it, it benefits me. So giddy up. Absolutely. And, and one of the things I, you know, I, I'm sure some of you that are listening are in the same boat that, that I am. And, and I know Michael does some of this too, but we get to this time of year and it's also goal setting. Uh, right. So, you know, I, kind of Thanksgiving ends up coinciding with, you know, as sales guys, you look back on successes and failures you had in the year, and then you try to project out what the budget's going to look like for next year, what we have coming in and whatnot. And I've, it's one of the times that I both equally dread um, because I, I hate this process of it, um, but I also equally love and enjoy because it makes it forces me to stop for a few minutes and actually digest what the last year has been. And so I try to do that both professionally and personally. And as we've kind of set this, the stage for that, one of the things that I'm very thankful for that we were able to accomplish is doing some work on this podcast for the last couple of years. And some of the things that we've hit on, we've gotten, Michael and I both have gotten very positive feedback that it's helped, that people have said, listen, I listened to this and it helped me. Um, and so while, you know, all, all joking aside on, on some levels, we give each other a hard time and we push back and we try to wrestle with some things. Um, I, I'm thankful that, that those of you that are listening to it are taking some of this stuff to heart because while we try to make it a uh, enjoyable environment, at the end of the day, we're, we're talking about truth and we're talking about the Bible and we're talking about things that, that really are life changing. And so if, if we can be a small part of your spiritual growth because you listen to a couple of goofballs, then um, amen. All glory to God. Yeah. Amen. So I think what we uh, for, for for this award winning episode, we're gonna, this is going to be a soft reentry. Uh, we're not we're not diving back into uh, to anything too uh, too deep and philosophical here. I think this will be a, a a light a light listen out there. But it's Thanksgiving. We're gonna just di- just lean into the cliche 
uh, of Thanksgiving. So, uh, Mike, I'll, I'll set the table for you first. Um, we, we, we're just weird enough that we don't do the regular, what are you thankful for? Um, so the, the, at least for a few minutes, we're going to talk about what, what unconventional things are you thankful for or what, what people might be surprised that you're thankful for. Um, we're, we're both a little contrarian at heart. Um, so give, give me something unconventional that you're, that you're thankful for. So one of the things I, I think about with this, um, as we were, you know, Michael and I were kind of just talking and setting up tonight, um, I, I'm thankful for the things that God defeats us in. Uh, you know, oftentimes in the moment when we're, especially when we're looking forward to something or we think we've got life all figured out, you know, some of you may be, you know, 25-year-olds and think you've got it all figured out. Um, the funny thing, Michael and I have been friends since we were 25, and what we've learned over the last circa 20 years is how much we don't know, uh, especially compared to back then when we thought we had a bunch of answers. Um, but I'm thankful when I, especially as I plan things and I look to the future, I think, well, this is the path I need to be on. This is where I need to be. This is what I need to be doing. When, when God changes that direction, typically in that moment, it causes a lot of frustration, anger, lashing out, lack of understanding. And we think, you know, my whole world's been turned upside down. But as we go back and look at it on the new path God set us on, you know, sometimes it's we need to go back and thank God that he changed our course because maybe that course is not where we needed to be. It's not the most useful place in the kingdom for us. It may not be the most useful place for us with our skills and our abilities, but God has the ability to change our course of life. I, you know, and I think about, um, you know, a character like Joseph, right? You know, I, it's, it would be hard to be thankful that your brothers were going to murder you, had grace on you and decided instead they're going to sell you into slavery. And then while you continue to have a good attitude and a positive disposition, your boss's wife lies on you. You end up in prison. You end up escalating. I guess it's, you're the best prisoner. Um, so he's, you know, second in command, even within the prison and ends up being elevated again to Pharaoh's house. But after he was forgotten for a couple of years. I mean, there's so many twists and turns in his life and so many reasons why Joseph would say, you know, this is a terrible thing that's happened to me. Anybody whose whole family's turned on what they say, this is a terrible thing that's happened to me. But yet all of those pieces, as Joseph later explains it to his brothers, you meant this for evil, but God used it for good. And I think in that story, as we look back at our lives, the things that, that we're defeated in where God's putting us in a different place is to think about the good that we're able to do in those places, those new places that God's placed us in. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for those defeats, Michael. So you need, I mean, that's all well and good, but we, we need it for instance. So where'd you get defeated? So one of my more memorable defeats um, was, uh, was fairly interesting. So as most of you know out here, um, if I work for your company at some point, we're going to get bought. That's just the way my career goes, usually after about three to five years. Um, at one of these crossroads, I had an opportunity to be a, uh, you know, kind of a vendor, basically, to my industry and travel around all over the kind of the Midwest doing doing this deal. Um, I thought it was the greatest job in the world. Uh, they offered, a, especially at that stage of my life, a truckload of money to do it. But as things started kind of unfolding there, um, being away for five nights a week um, from the family. Basically, I would pack a bag on 
Sunday night, I'd be gone Monday through Friday. Wouldn't see the family through the week, be there on the weekends, which probably means, you know, at least for me, um, my side gig is as a preacher probably would have gone on a back burner. Um, things progressed. I didn't get the job. Uh, ultimately, I ended up working for another bank, um, being deeper involved in the community, deeper involved in the kingdom. And people still give me a microphone on Sundays, uh, which I'm greatly thankful for. But that point, that crossroads, um, had I not been defeated in what I thought I wanted at the time, more so financially than spiritually, um, I think that I definitely wouldn't be sitting here talking to Michael tonight. That's for sure. Uh, it, it is interesting that the all opportunities we tend to attribute to God and not all opportunities are from God. I'm, 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 I'm more convinced of that uh, as I, as I get older. Yeah, absolutely. And, and especially sometimes when we think, you know, financially, economically, socially, um, this must be a blessing because it comes with a, you know, maybe an extra zero on the paycheck. Um, when in reality, it's the devil pulling us out of the playing field. Yeah, exactly. All right. That's a good one. Okay. All so, right. Let's turn it around to you. So uh, non-obvious answers only. What are you thankful for? Um, so as I, as I think back, I am, I am grateful that, that, and I'm talking about in my world and my little sphere of influence. And in some ways I'm glad I'm grateful COVID happened. Um, or more specifically, I'm grateful that um, the lockdown happened and um, I, as I've looked back on the last six months to a year, I realized that a lot of the things that uh, I enjoyed about the lockdown in some ways have uh, I've lost. And, and I, I got a feeling I'm not the only one that, that's kind of had that thought, but the, and, and not the simplicity of life because life wasn't simple. I mean, there was a lot of things going on. I mean, we, our, both of our jobs continued. We, we, we had to figure it out. It was, you know, from a, from an occupation standpoint, from a worship standpoint, there were really hard questions being asked and, and had to be answered. But just, just the fact that uh, travel and busyness kind of evaporated for a while, like what, what the, um, just, just the joy of um, simple things at home, uh, just board games and dinners around the table. Uh, you, you, you absorb that and realize how, how easy it is to fall out of that, like how important those simple things are. And, and then you turn around six months later and, and you've lost it again. Life has sped back up and it's been a while since you've been around the dinner table and played a board game and went out and shot basketball with the kids, you know? And so um, anyway, I, I, I I'm grateful for that reminder. And I don't know if I ever would have realized that that the, the joy and comfort of that existence had that stoppage in life not happened. And, and obviously nobody's grateful for the loss and the medical and, and, you know, the sickness and all that stuff, but kind of the understanding of life slowing down a little bit was valuable. Um, and I, I go back to that occasionally. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually grateful for that as in retrospect, I'm not sure that's entirely different than yours, by the way. I mean, I, I think in, in a lot of these things, it's about the, the perspective of time that it's incredibly difficult 
to recognize providence in real time, um, but pretty easy in, in, in some ways in retrospect. And uh, I, I think that was providential for a lot of us. Yeah, and I'll, I'll pile on to that a little bit. One, one of the things that I'm probably most thankful for with COVID is stuff like this um, and other podcasts I listen to now and congregations that were forced to put stuff online. I mean, I, I can, I don't know how, how much you were involved with uh, Southside's process, but our process was me, um, you know, one weekend deciding if we can't worship, we surely we can live stream. I can put something on YouTube or Facebook or something. I mean, we'll figure this out. And it was, you know, about six hours on a Saturday afternoon playing with YouTube, trying to figure out how to do this and finding software like OBS and, you know, whatnot. And before you know it, you know, we figured it out. And I think outside of having to, I don't know that a lot of these congregations would be putting things out now. And one of the coolest things that, that I see is people that um, don't go to church with me, maybe go to somewhere else in town, uh, maybe go, you know, don't live in the same town that I am, you know, that will, will write me, email me, text me and say, you know, I, I tuned into your sermon and I got a lot of good out of that. And I don't know they would have had that, that opportunity without this. So I think some of the, that stuff that we were just forced to do, I think, you know, God, because he's God, and because he does amazing things, can take even disasters and calamities and things like the pandemic with all the bad that came with that to take and grab some good too, and, and for the furtherance of the kingdom. And I, I think that's incredible. Yeah. And I'm, I'll try not to stress them or stretch the metaphor here beyond what's reasonable. But, you know, I think about when, when people got complacent and um, the, uh, in acts, God scattered them when, when the people uh, weren't following God's will in Genesis at Babel, God scattered them. And, and I wonder if we didn't see a little bit just of a, uh, uh, a cyber scattering of God's word from some some folks like myself who had probably gotten complacent with who we could reach, and like God's God's scattering of His word um, in the digital age is is a pretty interesting phenomenon. I, I was sitting at Thanksgiving with my dad, and he said, "Hey, have you ever heard preacher so and so?" And I'm I'm not going. I can't even remember at this point who it is. I said, no, I've never heard that name. He said, man, I'm listening to him all the time now. He's out of Texas. There's that that sentence doesn't exist three years ago. It, it in fact, it doesn't make sense. And I don't, I don't, I don't think we ever would have gotten to that point. But there is so much content out there, good content made by really good, thoughtful, honest, God fearing people, um, that is is a real blessing. Hey, you gotta you gotta want to find it, and and you gotta you still gotta consume it. Um, but I, I I'm with you. I, I don't I don't think a lot of those opportunities happen, or, or they don't. They're decades away instead of months away. The timeline got advanced so quickly just just because of necessity. Um, yeah, that, I, I think that's something to be grateful for. Absolutely, and and I don't. I mean, we could probably spend all night uh, on this, but I, I'm gonna throw one more thing in there too. Is one of the things that made me very thankful for is, is, is good leadership within the church. Um, cause, cause I'm convinced that, you know, when all of a sudden you got to make a bunch of decisions with not a lot of data and you're just doing the best you can, 
um, you know, we saw congregations with really good leadership, you know, excel there and congregations that didn't struggle. And I'm very thankful that we saw those types of things happen um, in the way that God tells us that, that if we're, you know, if we have good leadership within the church and we, we do things the way God is, is, and it's not, I'm not even convinced there were right and wrong answers during the pandemic. I think it was just, we had an answer. You know, if you had an answer and you had some principles and some reasoning and we were going to stand behind this and we're going to follow, you know, these men's decision-making because we trust them and because we love them and we don't know if this is right or not, but this is what we're going to do. There's so much good that came out of that. I think when I saw, um, you know, elders of congregations kind of step up and do that, that I'm super thankful for those men. And most of the time their work is done way behind the scenes. And when you hear from the elders, it's usually either, you know, some kind of update or bad you know, news. we need to be praying for or it's or it's bad news. It's some kind of congregational discipline thing. And here you heard from just, you know, calling and reaching out. Hey, is everybody OK? You know, where are you guys at this week? What do you need? You know, if you're staying in, do you have communication? You know, all that stuff of just touches to make sure that whatever's going on in your world, in your life, all that stuff was just you know, incredible to me because it was on display. And yes. and, and I think sometimes we, you don't, you either don't appreciate it or you take it for granted, or I don't know what word I want to use there, but um, when it happens, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I agree with you. I'm not even sure that that right answers was, was the most important thing, just that it was uh, well communicated and graceful answers and done with love and, and, that there were answers, that there was some position of authority. And I'm, you've probably heard me bang on this drum before, but, you know, when leadership and authority aren't lined up, it's a real problem because, you know, anybody can be a leader. Um, all you got to have is followers. But if, if you've got leaders that aren't in a legitimate position of authority, God's given them, you got a problem. But if you got people in legitimate positions of authority God's given them that aren't leaders. That's also a problem. So you got, you got to have that willingness to be a leader along with the legitimate positional authority that, that God gave you. When, when those two things lined up and we both were blessed to be in congregations where I believe they were lined up when, when those, when those two things are lined up, you kind of see the beauty of the plan. Um, while, while the rest of the world is the, this in chaos, there's some, there's some peace and some grace. So, I, I think that that um, that alignment of leadership and authority is so important. Uh, I, I think we learned that during COVID. Something else to be thankful for. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's let's, let's go in a little different direction with our last few minutes. Um, and, and Michael and I, especially for those of you that follow us, um, sometimes we get into uh, some obscure scriptures that we're rolling around, or we get chasing a rabbit trail or whatnot. No. So, Michael, give me the uh, Give me the one that's in the last year or so that's that's opened your eyes, that's maybe changed some thinking or um, just, you know, something that's hit on that's just really you're thankful for that, that you found it and that it hit home. Yeah. So I'll tell you, this is this is one from Psalms and it's it's not a specific verse. I'll give a specific verse as an, as an example, but just a theme that, that uh, as, as we've um, we've studied through the book of Psalms a little bit in the Bible class at, at Southside. And one of the things that I have just 
kept underlining in my Bible, and specifically in the English Standard, but you see it in other versions too, is how many times David refers to God as a refuge, uses that word specifically. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pick Psalm 16, verse 1, just an example. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. And that that idea of God being a refuge, like once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's 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 almost in every psalm. And many times David leads the psalm with that thought. Like it, it is, it's kind of the the headline thought that he builds on as he goes through the psalm. But I, I've that that has that has struck me. That's kind of convicted me that of all the stuff that that David was going through, it's a very simple idea. Like this is this is this is elementary one-on-one kind of stuff. But just the idea that that is the way that David thought about life. The man after God's own heart, who was I don't know what part of this made him a man after God's own heart, but he was he was emotional. He was um, he was very had a very penitent like desire to get things right when he did something wrong. Um, but but he uh, but he also saw God as a refuge when the world was spinning around him. He knew where his trust, where his place of security was. So that 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 thought has what for whatever reason. The, the spirits planted that one in my brain. Um, God as a refuge has landed with me. I'm thankful for those passages. One of the things that always amazes me about that is, you know, I, sometimes I think we see that when we're the the victim, you know, in, in something that we, we run to God, you know, with, with problems or whatever. But what I've always found fascinating with David is even when he was the source of the problems, right? Like he messed stuff up and God directly told him, I'm going to punish you. David still ran back to God as the refuge, even when God was the one doing the punishing. And that blows my mind every time, because typically what do we do? Because we're dumb. We, when we have problems and, and especially when it's sin in our lives, one of our immediate answers is I want to run away from God. I can't go to church because I've done this. I got to pull away from the brothers and sisters because I've done this. You know, God doesn't want to see me because of this. When in reality, the opposite's true, you know, especially when we have sin in our lives, especially when we've made messes, especially when we've done all this stuff, that God's God's the refuge because there's no other solution to our problems. And and I've always thought that was just beautiful. The way and, David and, and, and the grace in that, that even when we're the mess, God is the refuge. Like when 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 what we have done is rebellious in his face he is still he's still the refuge i mean the, the grace in that's pretty phenomenal um and 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 i think you do see in in david at his at his lowest point of repentance god's the refuge um like he grace grace doesn't pop up a lot in the old testament right i mean we, we kind of it, it, we've got this. We got this mistaken notion that that it doesn't exist, um, and I think it certainly is dialed up in the New Testament on purpose. I think the grace coming through Jesus is a New Testament idea, but but there you you see it. I think David understood it. Um, the the fact that when he was at his lowest, he knew he could go to God. Um, that that God was big enough to cover all of that. That he didn't have to fix it. Um, I think David understood those things. That. 
there's a lot tied up in that word refuge and not just in sin. I mean, you picked on that. I think that's a, I think that's a, a great call out, but, but also when, when things are going sideways, not of his own doing, like when, when he's on the run or when things are going great and, and pride and arrogance are uh, at their highest potential. Yeah. yeah, they're all they're at the door. Then then he goes to God as his refuge. Um, so that anyway, that thought's been with me. That, that's my that's what I'll share. You're at bat. Very good. I, and if, if you are a member at Danville, you've you've heard this sermon, but um, there, there's a bunch of reasons why. Um, but in Jeremiah 31, we're we're introduced to a character called Jonadab, son of Rechab, and these Rechabites. And basically, God is, is putting Jeremiah to a challenge and says, invite these guys in and set wine before them and see what happens. And so, you know, brings them in, says his wine, and they're like, no, we don't drink. It's like, well, but it's okay. No, we don't. Because of the influence of our father's father, and he kind of goes back, and you go back into Kings, and you pull the story, and, and this guy's a side character in this main overall story. And, you know, as, as the, the story unfolds, basically the influence that he had across all of the generations of his family were borne out here in this decision that happens in Jeremiah. And then we find some of these guys even later on at Nehemiah when they're rebuilding the wall, you know, building Dungates and still holding to these same principles. And the point that God makes to Jeremiah there is, you know, you're my people and I'm your God and you all won't listen to me. But yet this family has stretched back these lawful traditions to a decision that was made hundreds of years ago at this point. I, I say that story to say this. Uh, the influence that we have on others, I, I'm more and more convinced every day is absolutely extraordinary. Um, and, and, and there's a, a quote that, that I, um, I, I use in some sermons on us being salt and light from a 18th century diplomat that said that, that in the sunlight of that world to the world to come, our fingerprints echo into eternity. They're on the lives of all these people. And I think about that a lot. And I, I think of what we do on a daily basis, just the lives that we touch and all the people that we come into contact with and, and what are we leaving them with? You know, are we leaving them with a, a bad taste because we were in a bad mood? You know, because we've got road rage and we cut them off in traffic, you know, and, and that's what maybe that may ruin their whole day. They're so mad about that. That ruins their whole day. Or we're, when we come into the office or, or into school or, or into wherever and we've got a bright disposition and we pick somebody up um, and encourage them along the way, when we congratulate them when we're invested in them and to see how that picks them up. That may make somebody's whole week or whole month just because they got one compliment that they're not used to ever getting that, that those, and I'm talking, that's on a small scale, you know, it, it blows up exponentially when we talk about studying with them and sharing the gospel and helping them see Jesus and all of those things go exponentially, but the small ones are what I'm thankful for. And, and I think every day of, of the lives that I'm blessed to interact with and touch, um, what, what am I leaving them with? And, and what fingerprints are left on there. Uh, th there was a commercial for Clorox uh, that, that makes me laugh. Um, basically the kid 
mom sends the kid to school, kid comes back and he's got pieces of the playground and toys hanging off of him and all this stuff. And the moral of the commercial is dip them in Clorox and you'll get all the germs off of them. But I, I, I've often thought about that same analogy. Like when I get home at the end of the day, how many people do I have sticking to me that made me who I am today that either positively influenced me or negatively influenced me? And how many people are at the house tonight washing my germs off of them? And were they positive or negative germs? So, you know, that, that idea of influence, I, I think it's heavy. And I think it's something that oftentimes we take for granted a lot. I know I have, you know, maybe, maybe the rest of you out there are, are mindful of how you interact with other people. Sometimes, you know, I, I don't think a whole lot about, especially small interactions and what they mean. Um, but I'm trying, you know, one of my goals in trying to be better in my own spiritual walk is, is making sure that, you know, I do leave a, a positive impact on somebody's day, somebody's week, somebody's month, um, because that influence matters. Uh, and, and, and I think that that echoes in eternity. Quick story as you think about the way you've been influenced. I uh, um, hadn't been back um, to Somerset <coughs> very long, new in my position, young and young and not very bright and trying to figure out how the world worked. And um, I was sitting with a customer and this customer was having an argument with the vendor and I'll never forget this. And the, the customer had been wronged. I mean, there's no question about it. It's the way they'd been treated. Um, it, this was a, a customer of, of where I worked and it, it wasn't, we had not wronged them, but this, this manufacturer, this vendor had, and I, I can't recount the exact words. I just know that the grace that was shown by the customer to the manufacturer through the conversation, expressing extreme frustration and expressing extreme disappointment, but with a, like a sincere grace and humility in a way I'll never forget. I mean, it, it genuinely impacted the way that I try to go about my life and I'm confident this person doesn't know it. And uh, I think about that occasionally, like that, that had a profound impact on me. That was 15 years ago in an, an office I'll never be in again with somebody who probably doesn't remember who I am. And I remember it. Um, I, I fear that, or I, I hope that if someone has a memory of me that it's similar, I'm concerned that it may go the other way. <laughs> but but, uh, but I, I think that is a, a small example of what you're talking about. If, if we are, uh, I think I thought about that during your, your salty series. Uh, that that was just a salty moment that stuck with me. And and like I said, I, we could talk, you know, examples of that. But I just look, you know, I think it's harder for me to say, yeah, I did this or I did that. Um, you know, I, I've got a, a picture behind me on the wall of the young guys that have been through our preacher training program in Danville. And, and that was always my thought with them when they left for the summer is I hope I've rubbed off a little bit on them something, an idea, way to study, way to look at things, way to look at passages. Um, because I think back of all of the men's feet that I've sat at that have made me into what I am today and all the sermons I've heard along the way and teachings and late night talks and, and all the people that, that my spiritual life is made up of. It's just a bunch of different hands of people that love me and cared about me and studied with me, was patient with me when I was working through things that I didn't understand. 
Um, and, and I think that's, that's huge. Cause there's a lot, like you said, I think there's a lot of, of those people. If I went back and mentioned specific things they had said or they had done may never remember the story. And yet, you know, it's, it's, it's why we're here where we are. So yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful to look at even, you know, in our own lives, just hope we're, we're doing that in other people's lives too. Yeah. And there's a Hebrews 12, one kind of thought in my head. I was like, we're, we're surrounded by this seeing that we're surrounded by a great collide of witnesses and, and the writer there, I think has has the, the characters in, in Hebrews chapter 11 in mind. Um, but I, I think it, as you discussed the, the cloud of witnesses that we've been influenced by, not just Bible characters, but, but people that we've, that we've seen, uh, that may be a, a pretty good place to, uh, to pause and to think about uh, on Thanksgiving, uh, on Thanksgiving weekend. Thankful for a lot of those guys that will, will go on naming this podcast, but I know who I'm thinking about right now. Yeah, same. And, and you know, and, and maybe that's a good place to kind of wrap here that let's leave you with that thought, you know, tonight or tomorrow or wherever you are and however you may be listening to us. Um, take a minute and think about all the, the people that have made you where you are. Um, and, 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 you know, the funny thing is, is I think about that, um, as Michael and I said, we're, we're, we're contrarian sometimes, but I think about the good and the bad, you know, right. I've, I've had some, you know, had some horrible, um, bosses. I've had some horrible people I've worked with, but how much I learned because of that, learned even from their mistakes and, and the way they handled and did some things. I, I'm thankful for those too. I'm, I'm thankful for every piece of it. I, you know, sometimes when we look back on life, we'd like to, only keep the good and cut out the bad, but so much of what makes us is the bad and, and what we've been through and the struggle and the trials. And, you know, I, the more and more, the older I get, I don't know what I'm getting softer or what I'm doing, but you the are. Older I get, <laughs> James one makes a whole lot more sense to me. You know, my brother in Canada, joy when you fall into various trials. Um, Cause there's lessons. There. There's so much lessons there when you do the autopsy of the trial later. Um, as Michael said, it's hard in real time. It's brutal in real time. In real time to see God's providence, to see his hand, to see it working, is it's just brutal. But three months from the travesty, six months from the travesty, to look back and to think about those that were there with you, those that, that supported you, those that encouraged you, the, I mean, it, it really blows you away to see how God answered those prayers. So, Let's leave the, leave you with that challenge um, as we're, we're tuning off. Um, we are going to uh, try our best uh, biweekly to try to get this thing out going into the end of this year and next year. Um, we're so thankful that that you all that have kept tuning in with us, that are patient with us, that that actually care to hear some of the stuff that, that we have to say. Um, we appreciate that a lot because um, it, it, there, there's no – there's not probably not two other people, um, you know, on the planet that that think some of the stuff that we say is least valuable than what we think of it. Um, but we have a good time, and and past that, you know, we you know do take our Bible study seriously, and and want you know want to just share some different thoughts with you, and and that's what we hope is that maybe as as we're able to do this on a more regular basis that. We can help challenge your faith, have you go back, dig into your Bible a little bit, draw closer to God, because that's all we're really trying to do. And what we've been trying to do for each other for for 20 something years now is um, trying to help each other be be better than we were yesterday. The uh, hope we all, hope all had a great Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, 
live a life of gratitude. Uh, so much uh, better outcomes in attitude and relationships when there's a life of gratitude. So I'm glad Thanksgiving exists. I hope everybody takes the opportunity to do that. I have tried myself because I need to do that too. Always, always, always better to be grateful than, than anything else. And so maybe not just once a year though, uh, probably should try to do that a little, little more often. Amen. Again, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for being with us. Uh, we appreciate y'all more than, than we can say. And we'll, uh, we'll try to do better next time. See you, brother. See you.